Heads up, Game of Thrones spoilers. Um, possibly Force Awakens if we ever get there. There you go, spoilers. So, yes. All of them. Most of them. Awesome. Okay. episode of Radio Havana. I am Nick, joined as always by Bennett. And our guest today is Madeline. We have a list of pre-prepared topics that we're going to talk about today, drawn from a, a, a Card Against Humanity set, right? Is that what it's called? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Now so. those are all pretty fascinating. We're going to get to each one in due time, but I think we should start probably with a little pre-show banter, you know? Yeah. So let's get uh, Madeline into the mix right now. Madeline, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm majoring in biology. I go to school here in the University of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of your interests or hobbies or favorite things or places mm-hmm. you'd like to go? I like to knit, and I would like to live in Ireland. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Are you looking for a serious relationship? Not really. No, it's college, I guess, is the best way to put that. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, would you like to pick a number between one and four? Mm. Three is the obvious choice, but I'm going to pick two. Wonderful weather we're having. <laughs> no. <laughs> How many degrees do we have today, Bennett? Negative eight. Teen with wind chill. Oh, it's. Yeah, it was like negative 30 with wind chill. Oh, God. If you were out in the open. Why? Yeah. How do you do out there today? Hmm? How were you today? Oh, when I was walking to the library earlier yeah. on foot and it was well. negative three out? Oh, it was fun. I couldn't feel my legs when I got there. <laughs> but I did over break, though. I had a similar experience, except for it was at three in the morning, and I had to walk four miles, and it was 10 below out. Okay. You had to? Why? I had to, because I was driving home. And um, Your car broke down. Well, it didn't break down, but it could not get over a hill. And I had just gone down another hill, so like I couldn't turn around and go up it because it was equally steep and icy. <laughs> <laughs> However, so I tried for like half an hour to get up the hill. And like I was just f- like floating around on the, on the ice. And fortunately, though, at the bottom of like the valley, there was a, uh, an entrance to a public park with free parking. Yeah. So I just backed up reversed into there, reversed down the the road to the parking lot, parked, and then I walked two miles to the nearest Walgreens, where which is 24 hours, and when I got there, I could not, I almost, I, if there had not been a Walgreens there, I would have passed out before I got home, because oh, I didn't goodness. have a phone either. I was mm. out of minutes on my phone. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a Walgreens there, and when I was there, I got a Walgreens rewards card. Wow. wow. After years of being asked if I would like a Walgreens Rewards card. Yes. Finally got you. That's, That's how you get it. Yeah. I just 
just thought there is a, an emergency and I need I need my rewards. Yeah. You know what? I almost froze to death. I'm going to get this Walgreens rewards card. Yeah, I figured why not? This is what makes sense in life. It's a silver lining. <laughs> I got I got some granola bars for a dollar off because of it. That's Ooh, that, just well. Yeah. Life, dreams, goals, all of those. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Madeline, please tell us about the time that your poorly timed Holocaust joke resulted in a sea of troubles. Well, my my aunt married a person who is of the Jewish faith, and my grandma often does not have a filter with those kinds of things, and she is very German, so that 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 evolves into many uncomfortable situations, as you could imagine. Especially with my uncle's um, grandmother, who actually did go through the Holocaust. So, yeah. Tension for a while, but I think they forgave each other. It's about not much funny happened there, especially because it happened several years ago, and I don't really remember a lot of it. I'm sorry, who went through the Holocaust in your family? Uh, my, um, my uncle-in-law's grandmother. Wow. Yes. Have you talked to her about that? She doesn't really talk about it ever. She, like, I mean, it's obviously not something you bring up in conversation. Like, right. hey, remember that time you were in the Holocaust? How's that for you? <laughs> yeah, that would, that would not be pleasant. Yeah. One star on Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> would not go again. <laughs> yeah, that... But so you haven't really talked to her about it? No. Okay. How how old is she? Oh, um Oh god, like 90 somewhere in her 90s. Okay. You should really talk to her about that if the chance comes up mm-hmm. while you still have the time. Yeah. Next time. Next birthday party. I was going to see a whole we'll be out. 15 years, 90s. So she would have been like what, 20 or so? Yeah. Somewhere about, yeah, I don't have, really have a lot of details on her story mm-hmm. because uncle, or my uncle doesn't really talk about it, but her, that's, she came to America after the Holocaust and they moved to Chicago and that's just where their life is. Hmm. Was she Polish? Um, oh gosh, no, she wasn't Polish. Okay. I think it couldn't have been Russia, but that's what I'm leaning towards right now. Okay. Um, Huh. Maybe she was from Russia and she emigrated somewhere else in Europe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to talk to her about it next time. So, speaking of Holocaust, I do believe there was a book recently released yeah. in uh, Germany. Mm-hmm. A little page turner called Mein Kampf. Published oh. in Germany for the first time in decades. They uh, printed 4,000 copies. And the reason that this was reprinted was because some scholar added his annotations to it. So it's a new edition of the book, and um, the 4,000 copies sold out within a week. And Wow. For the first time in 70 years, Mein Kampf. And that really alarms some people in Germany for obvious reasons. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the book is ta- really taboo there. It's taboo here in the mm-hmm. States, but it's acceptable to read it for intellectual reasons. Yes. There, it's completely off limits. At least it's my understanding. I believe I have a copy of it in German at home. Or my mother has it. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a teacher who had a printout of the cover of Mein Kampf. It was just like a black and white piece of mm-hmm. paper with the cover on it. And it was just like shoved in the side of one of her plastic totes. And it was just there for the three years that I had her as a teacher. And she never taught anything about it. She never used it in any of the lessons. <laughs> it's just there. Yeah. It was really conspicuous. Subliminal messaging. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if like, like it was almost like a student joke where they just printed it out and just shoved it in there and she never noticed. It might have been. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any students would have been that knowledgeable about True. Hitler. True. You would you would have to be actually decent and you know. Yeah. She well did teach versed. like Holocaust literature. Like we read Anne Frank oh. and Mouse. Which is a great book if I, any of you mm. guys haven't read it. I have not. It's There's really one I read called Torn Threads. That was a good one. I mean, sad. Yeah. Obviously, but mm-hmm. also very interesting. What was it about? Uh, these two siblings, these two girls, their father was a candy maker, and they were Jewish, and they got taken into this, um, f- like, fabric or... Oh, God. Yeah, just this fabric company. They wove things for the Nazis and whatnot. And uh, it talked about all their struggles there and how one of their, like, braids got caught in the machine and, like, basically scalped them. And then eventually they got their guard found out that they made candies. So instead of having them do that work, they took them in to make candies for the guards. And at the end, they said they both moved to America, and this is where they reside. And cool. They didn't die, so that was cool. Was that nonfiction? Nonfiction, yeah. Wow. Hmm. Uh, so continuing with Nazi Germany, my social studies teacher, this like, we were doing you know Nazi Germany in social studies in like sixth grade or whatever, and he just. Oh, yeah, look what I got. Goes up to a cabinet, just opens it up, and pulls out a Nazi flag. <laughs> I was like, you just have one of those lying around? Oh, to be young. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? Oh, uh, like, he, had, he hadn't, like, had it there for very long. He recently got it from another student, I think, who said my grandfather was in World War II or whatever, and then he had, like, helped storm a city or whatever, and... There was there were flags everywhere, so he took oh, one. Okay. And so it was like a war memento, and so this guy was like, "Well, if you're not going to use it for anything, what can I get it?" And he's like, yeah. Sure. Wow. Got a flag. That's I mean that's hard to turn up. Th- that that's is really valuable. It is, and that's I'm sure the student had a vague idea of how much it was worth, mm-hmm. but it's just still something cool to find. Yeah. Even if it's rather dark. Mm. Isn't it weird how much uh, middle school teachers? fetishize the holocaust yeah it <laughs> a lot of, of them all the seem to be into it yeah yeah i noticed mine went very in depth on that topic yeah you would think you would choose something lighter mm-hmm. especially when you're trying to get kids interested in reading in the first place but i guess kids are interested in the holocaust for some odd reason, or reason. Yeah. yeah it was actually a class that was more focused towards uh medieval and ancient but at the end of the class we had extra time so we we're just doing <laughs> others like jumped right ahead to the holocaust well no it was like student selected pieces oh, okay. and so like he had a list and okay. like we voted on them yeah. and mm. like no one knew what it actually was <laughs> they had vaguely heard about it in this dark Nobody and mysterious knew. way Who, what, how, what grade was this? Sixth? sixth okay yeah it was like before we got smart ish Holocaust <laughs> okay. what a strange name yeah. that one <laughs> yeah that's basically what happened Th- that whole thing really ruined that word mm-hmm 
because it used to be just a mass destruction by burning. Well, it's that's... a it's a very nice word. So it applies very well to World War Two then, because you've got atomic bombs. Right. Yeah. You wow. could say that uh, the bombing of Dresden. You ever hear about that? Yes. In yes. Germany. So in, uh, among other things, that book Slaughterhouse Five. Yes, Kurt Vonnegut. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you could call that a Holocaust, and you wouldn't be incorrect. It's got a very different connotation now, unfortunately. Right. It's yeah. a, it's a fantastic word. Yeah. Actually, I like the word a lot. Just, Just like the symbols the Nazis used, the swastika. Mm-hmm. Was it called that? But I can't even remember what it was. Uh, called. I think it was, it was. Yeah. It was Sanskrit though for peace or something, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was a Hindu symbol, mm-hmm. but I mean, obviously that, that turned on its side. Yeah. Yeah. changes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Aesthetically, the Nazis really were very persuasive. Yeah. I, I mean, that just goes with... I mean, fascism is a... They had a very good marketing team. They did. because I mean, it's not hard to market fascism because mm-hmm. it's so seductive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's very easy to believe that uh, everybody will get along if we just make everybody the same. And, you know, the that's mm-hmm. essentially the same Works hypothesis. for a very, very short amount of time. Yeah. And that's the same idea behind communism, except for communism, when it's not genocidal, attempts through persuasion to make people the same, whereas fascism just gets rid of the different people. The color red, that is used a lot in governments that are, I don't know, in revolution. Would you say that influenced our, how we think of that color, our perception of that color? Or was were they just ahead of their times on like the mood psychology of color? I don't know. I think that uh, if that whole idea of color psychology holds water, then it's probably true whether you're living today or in like the time of the American Revolution or mm-hmm. in Nazi Germany. So, well, I mean, people knew how to use colors even back hundreds of years ago, though, too. So it's not something that's just new. Mm-hmm. Artists were using colors to evoke emotions before. Sure. And I think that always then red is evoked power and force and violence, right? Mm-hmm. Just because and it change. has such a strong relation to blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that's the exclusive reason? I mean, I would wouldn't say, be surprised yeah. if it is. Blood is probably a very accurate... It's a pretty common substance. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, especially in war. You get it everywhere. Yeah. You ever think about how you have a, an entire skeleton in your body all the time? Yeah. <laughs> just encased in you, waiting to come out, waiting for you to die so it can surface like an exo... Isn't that gross? Like an insect inside you? Like some sort of parasite <laughs> living Or it's you? waiting for you to do something incredibly stupid and then it can come out yeah. accidentally. <laughs> it's always pushing you towards it so it can finally live its life as a free skeleton. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Free... What if you came across a skeleton, like you were exploring a cave, you know, on an uncharted island, and you found a skeleton in a cave at what next to a treasure chest, and on the skeleton shoulder there was a parrot skeleton? That would be. I would be I would a little. Amused. I would be a little be freaked funny. out because the parrot skeleton should still be intact. It's a loyal parrot. Did did the pirate glue the parrot? I feel like it perished at the end. It's like you're staying. You're untrained, but you're staying on my shoulder, even in death. He could have just glued a parrot skeleton on his shoulder before he died. So he a joke, you He's know? like, this is gonna be cool when I'm dead. Yeah. Somebody's gonna get a knee slapper. Yeah. This'll confuse him. He's just sitting there with like a third of another skeleton from three different animals. Next to him, <laughs> carefully arranged to look like an actual animal. Mm-hmm. It's a bear corpse, so it looks like he killed it. Just, <laughs> uh. 
He's just sitting there on top of a mountain with a shark corpse. <laughs> that, that would certainly... You're just climbing the mountain, and then there's, like, you just see a body. Wouldn't a shark oh. corpse just be, like, a, a long spine? Yeah, you're right. Cartilage. Yeah. yeah. You're very correct. Yeah. Whale spines are amazing. You ever see one in person? Yes. It no, was I have in not a museum. seen one in person. They're, they're like, awe-inspiring. They're, they're huge. huge. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're cool. I don't know. No, they yeah, are. Like they dead really whales are. are super cool. Yeah. I, I heard the uh, Japanese like, like them. Oh. And, yeah. You're right. Not wrong. And <laughs> they're the inspiration for the greatest novel ever written. No, yeah. no, we're not going there. I haven't read it, nope. so. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay. We're going to start with, uh, that, starts with an M and ends with Dick. Yeah. And begins with Dick. If you read the book, you're going to have to find out <laughs> when I read the book. There's a teaser. Sort of. It doesn't really. Like a hundred pages. Well, like fifty pages in. Wow. Oh wow. It actually that was that was pretty uh, intense for its time. Totally yeah. took me forever to find out what starts with M and ends with Dick. Like, I just <laughs> got it. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Masterful. A lot of people think that Melville was gay for Nathaniel Hawthorne, who wrote The Scarlet Letter. Yes. I got ten pages into that and decided I hated it. Oh, no, Hawthorne's really underrated. You just have to get used to I the really, writing style. I really enjoyed The Scarlet Letter just reading it. Mm-hmm. I did not enjoy the four layers of depth I had to go into analyzing it. Oh, but that was all deliberate, though. Oh, it, yeah, everything in there was deliberate. And, like, it's fun to stop and think about it for a split second and be like, Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But I don't want to write a five-page like essay on it. Or, in the case of the test, three one-page essays and... Three, two paragraph essays. Two paragraph essay. That's hardly an essay. Well, it was like a short response. Okay. So yeah. not an essay. It was like, <laughs> here's something, explain why it is, and then support it. Okay. Solid. Yeah. But and I don't think that the people who are writing today go into nearly as much depth with. Oh their, no, they don't. I mean, I'm sure that there are a few out there, but there are a few, but nobody on the scale of that yeah. guy. Who no. Every, down to the word, he knew exactly what he meant. Oh, yeah, he was very deliberate. Yeah, and also Melville did, too. Yeah. Cool guy. What are he some... actually died broke, believe it or not. I would broke, completely broke, believe that. Like broke the greatest of drunk. them. Yeah. I could well, believe he is the greatest Who was it, Mozart, them. who did the same? He died broke and oh. also probably intoxicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poe, though. Edgar Allan Poe, everybody thinks he was a huge drunk. It turns out that was a lie that was spread maliciously by one of his rivals after his death. Rude. Mm-hmm. And the same uh, rival also somehow weaseled his way into getting control of his estate, which included all of his writings. Well, he was smart for one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. A bit underhanded, but... Very <laughs> underhanded. I'll respect. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. He, Nobody he, knows how Poe died, though. I mean, we know, obviously, that he died in delirium in a bed in New York City, but we don't know what he was doing for, I think, 24 hours before he died. He just showed up in the gutter insane. Cocaine. Heroin. I don't know if that Opium. was popular in the 1840s. Oh. Morphine. Yeah, there you Morphine go. Morphine easily there you could have been, yeah. Or opium. Marijuana. Probably not. Mm. He did the one Doubtful. marijuana. <laughs> he used up all the marijuana of the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where he got his inspiration. Mm. Yeah. I feel like they'd be more out there than that. <laughs> Very sad. He was pretty out there. Well, sometimes. Yeah. Like the the ticking heart one. Oh, that the was telltale great. Heart. Telltale yeah. heart, yeah. yes. Um, the, t- the Count of Montiago. Mm. 
was, I like Cask that of Amontillado? Yes, that one. What? You mixed That's Count the... of Monte Cristo with Cask of Amontillado. <laughs> I haven't, like, it's been four or five years now <laughs> since I've read any of those. Did you ever have to read The Mask of the Red Death? No. Yes. Wait. Probably. There's another one with uh, color symbolism that's completely thought out. There's this. It's about this plague that's hitting London, and all of the rich aristocrats are in this hall that's been decorated for a party because they're going to throw a big party because they think oh. they're going to die of a plague anyway. Mm-hmm. And the room is divided into seven colors, and Poe describes every color in the room in detail and the order that they go along the room. And the last color in the room, the next to last color is red. The last color is black. I saw that one coming. And the, yeah, because a, a guy breaks into the party and he's infected with the plague, but nobody notices because they think he just has a red mask on, but it's just it's just blood. Oh, what a great! I feel like that might be noticeable. No, because I think actually some of the uh, party goers were dressed up like plague victims. That's a brilliant that was idea. Smart. Yep. No. So smart. I could be making that up. I don't know, but they should have been if they weren't. That's a cool detail. Mm-hmm. Okay, so out of all of your current day living authors, who do you like the most and who do you think is just completely overrated? Ray Bradbury died two years ago. Can I count him as a living author? Mm. No. Then I don't have a favorite living author. I think John Green is overrated. I think he's a better, way better vlogger. I, I do have to say uh, Stephanie Meyer was way overrated for a, lo- for a while there. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. But um, I do have to say I think John Green is also one of the more overrated people I meet. He just yeah. has a lot of hype from like pubescent teens. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I don't really have a favorite author. I don't read enough cur- current novels oh. other than like the I Am Number 4 series which I'm addicted to for some reason. Okay. They're decent books. They're not but bad. But Pitticus Lore is a pen name. And also he doesn't, there's not a, really a lot of depth in his stories. Just no. It's very fun and action-packed. Okay. And I'm into sci-fi, so... Yeah, I like sci-fi, too. I, I have to say, probably my favorite modern author is George R.R. R. Martin. Okay. Oh, okay. He's a complete yeah, asshole. Solid. He's a complete asshole, but I love him. Because he writes really good books. The sixth book isn't done yet. He released a seventh book, though, that's a prequel. Yeah, I saw that at the library today. Unfair. Uh, there's a theory going around why he kills off all of your favorite characters. Because, secretly, he hates everyone on Earth. Sort of. Uh, it's because someone found out he wrote an MS-DOS exclusively, and apparently he just has times where he just hates himself for it, is their theory, and he just kills people for it. <laughs> like, you know, I'm having a bad day, and then I have to sit here and stare at this black screen with this, like, green text or white text or whatever the whatever version he's using. Mm-hmm. And then he just goes, nope, I'm done. And then Jon Snow dies or something. And yeah. you get your head... Squeezed like a melon. Goodbye to you, favorite character. So sad. <laughs> but if you could choose Which a favorite. Oberon. Oh. Oh. I, I didn't really. He was kind of a prick. Which was why he was funny. <laughs> That's descriptive of a lot of Game of Thrones characters. He was kind of a no, prick. No, he was a prick for Game of, Game of Thrones mm. characters, though. <laughs> that one was a noble prick. That one was a bastard prick. Just going on. No, like... That, yes, that prick a lot of dragons. Game of Thrones characters are pricks, but like, he was pretty high up there in the list of pricks. <laughs> no, I still think Baratheon, the one that's yeah, still he living. he got what was going to him. Oh, I hated him so much. <laughs> yeah, like, didn't he like burn his own daughter or something? 
yes, what a dick. That was the worst. <laughs> As you said, yeah, that's, that guy's like, he got what was coming to him when he decided to start his own religion. And then Melisandre or whatever. <sighs> yeah. She's the worst. She's one of the two avenues that people think uh, Jon Snow is going to come back through. Okay, she's okay now. All right. She thinks she's either going to resurrect him, which is going to... Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, or he's going to come back as a warg, or he's just going to make a healthy recovery after being stabbed several times. No, personally, I'd prefer that route, even yes. though it was, it lo- kind of looked like he was dead. Yeah, but <laughs> someone pointed out that it never actually says that he's dead. It's true, it doesn't. Are we spoiling Game of Thrones for our listeners? So hard. Okay, maybe... <laughs> We're going to have to add a tag Cut. at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, um, you can just copy this section right here that's coming up right now and put it at the beginning, okay? So, okay. heads up, Game of Thrones spoilers, um, possibly Force Awakens if we ever get there. There you go, spoilers. So, yes. All of them. Most of them. Awesome. <laughs> okay. And Bef- spoiler. <laughs> Before we get too far away from the subject, I did think of a favorite living author who ties into what we were talking about earlier. His name is Philip Roth. You guys ever hear of him? No. What's no, he right? Uh, well, the book that relates to what we were talking about is called The Plot Against America, and it's this novel where uh, Charles Lindbergh, you remember him? The aviator? Yes. Uh, he was no. a huge anti-Semite. That's the thing that he's second most famous for. Interesting. Yeah. And he ran. He runs for president in this book in the 40s, and he wins. Oh, goodness. And uh, the book is narrated by this like 13-year-old kid growing up in Newark, and he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's about how President Lindbergh slowly begins, you know, encroaching on the freedoms of the Jewish America. It's that's Sorry. what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, Hitler is mentioned in the book a lot because he becomes yeah. an American Hitler. It's it's a really really uh, good book, and it's funny too. I mean, it's a really he's a good author, guys. I just recalled my favorite. Uh, whoever writes Devil in the White City. Oh, Eric Larson. Yes. Uh huh. I don't. I love that him. book. That is a good book. It's 80 pages of dryness, and then after that, it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's not dry if you like the World's Fair. Well, yeah, it's just like, and then World's this happened, cool. and it's... In Chicago. Straight facts. In Chicago, indeed. Mm-hmm. So, um, another fantastic author of our time is uh, James Patterson. Oh, God, no. I know. <laughs> Don't say that again. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, shit author. I hate this guy's... <laughs> Who does... What? I would ban him from every library and bookstore if I could. I, who is James Patterson? He wrote uh, the Alex Cross series. What? Cindy is making cutthroat motions. <laughs> Do you like James Patterson, Cindy? Okay, good. <laughs> because he, everybody who likes James Patterson is a Philistine. He had some good books, but... No, he doesn't have a single good book. All of his books are horseshit. Wait, maybe I'm thinking of a different guy then. Maybe. Someone name them off, please. Okay. <laughs> They're yeah. all, okay, they're so easy Shut to show. Shut up, you're mute. <laughs> they're, so, they're so easy to show. They're so easy to show because it's one, two, three, four, all the way to like 13. Uh-huh. Oh, and it's like Alex that Cross guy, yeah. Alex Cross. Yeah. And it's like, it's so easy to show. Alex Cross is, his, it's probably the series that made him the most successful because he started off as like a murder mystery novelist type, you know, that okay. you see at like Walgreens, that mm. kind of thing, okay, those sorts yeah. of novels. Is that like one for the money, two for the show or whatever? Kind of, Those yeah. novels? Those kinds of things. 50 really, Shades. Yeah. Of gray. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Murder. <laughs> then he started writing children's series. He wrote Maximum Ride, and he wrote Daniel X, and also Daniel X. I did enjoy. Hated it. I I, I did enjoy it. Like the ideas behind it were pretty cool, even if um, his sections were by far the worst. Yeah. The guest authors were much better. The guest author is almost always better than him nowadays. But the problem is that they don't get 
equal credit, credit because no. his name is gigantic and then at the bottom of the cover it says and so and so oh and this guy wrote most of the book but yeah and he also is responsible for the i think the worst book i've ever read which is zoo i don't know if you guys ever bothered to pick up that no, no probably not yeah wasted do you have a paper? copy of it so i can minimally make it through four pages no so? fortunately oh, i got it from the library oh. on <laughs> a per, on somebody's recommendation and it's just about um uh, some sort of virus that spreads through uh, the animal kingdom, like all animals, all animals, and they all die, and they all uh, become extremely violent towards humans. But what about Zombie humans? They're animals. animals. They're mammals. Well, except for humans. See, it doesn't make sense what? to begin with. It goes through all animals, whether what they're mammals kind of or amphibians or reptiles. That? It's Logic check. Ridiculous. Is human? No. In fact, the idea is that it's <laughs> like a, an evolutionary process. Like the Earth is shaking off humans, like a bad case of fleas, that kind of thing. But it's it's really horribly written, and the main character, his name is Jackson Oz. Which makes you hate him immediately. So swell. What a name. And also, he's like, he's just a perfect person, so you hate him even more because his name is Jackson Oz, and he's like seven feet tall, and he's a brilliant reporter, but he's maligned by his boss, so he ends up like living in his apartment for a year, just obsessively researching this virus that only he notices. Forget, you know, world famous geneticists and evolutionary biologists. It's just this guy in his apartment, which he shares. With an orangutan. Oh, brilliant! Okay. He's convinced that there is a virus that is going to destroy humanity by causing animals to act violently towards humans. And at the same time, in his apartment, he keeps one of the most dangerous animals on earth. See, I think. Does this orangutan kill him? No, but it does get killed, and I was happy when it happened. Oh, okay. I was going to say, this could be a very. Uh, this could be like, you know. The human is the human, and, like, the orangutan is the cigarettes, and it's just, like, you know, it's eventually going to kill you, or it's, like, alcohol. It's eventually going to kill you if you do it too much. So mm -hmm. then him killing it was, like, you know... Him. I don't think he kills it. I think somebody else does. I don't remember exactly. Oh, that's someone else, like, locking him in a cell and saying, stop smoking. Yeah, And then exactly. <laughs> withdrawal. <laughs> or it could be, like, meth. Yeah, it was just a horrible book. I don't even remember how it ends. Oh. But somehow the virus is cured. I don't remember. I think that some lady who's the love interest, of course, like just cures it, and that's the end of the book. Like, <laughs> look, I have this slide under a microscope. Uh, boom. Found it. Yeah. Oh, Got look, it. if you pour a little bit of vinegar water on it, it dies. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem is that it's so hard to screw up a book about viruses and diseases because it's such an interesting subject, mm -hmm. and there's so much potential, you can go a million different directions with it. Like World War Z and like World stuff War Z. like that. that like the bad. Andromeda Strain. You guys read that? Michael Franklin? I might have. Great author. He's one of those Walgreens authors that's good. I recommend him as an alternative to James Patterson. If you ever want something that's just easy to read and fun and entertaining. Did James Patterson write the book about the the kids or the families that could only have one child? So the books were about the the child the children who were the extra children and had to stay home all day or something. No, but I know what you're talking about. I read parts of that book. Um, the, I can't. Yeah, it I don't seemed in it. the. What's the one where like they get taken to harvest facilities and stuff? Oh, um, interesting. That could be a lot of books. Well, like it's the children. Like instead of having an abortion, you let them grow to eighteen, and they get harvested. And oh, the giver. What? No, is that right? No, 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 that is about emotions and not human body parts. Oh, that's yeah. the opposite. <laughs> they just kill the babies in that book, right? Yeah, they're okay. just like you're going to be no, sent but, like, outside. They uh, they let yeah. the babies grow up to be children 18, of the corn instead of like aborting that's them. That's a great book. 
and then they send them to harvest camps and then they basically sit there and then they take them apart bit by bit while they're alive mm-hmm. and so like they so numb their pain or whatever harvests. yes Harvest they har- they use every they supposedly use every part of the human so like the first thing they do is they drain the blood and then they pump in like an alternative so you're still alive you're conscious through the entire process and that's like I think and that's then one of the kidneys yeah. and then both of the kidneys at the yeah end. and then like it, it was really kind of a fantastic well-written piece when the guy was getting harvested because like it goes through how like his organs are being taken out and everything and then it like moves on to like his ears and then so he stops hearing anything because they take it out at the nerve and it's like oh okay yeah 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 and then they like they take out his tongue and jaw and stuff so he can't speak they so it's just like like he, he slowly just becomes like in his mind so then it starts going on about how uh, he's trapped in his own mind because there's no outlet for any information or oh. no input for any information. Okay. And then, so he doesn't know how long he's been sitting there or uh-huh. what's happening. Yeah. And then, like, it slowly starts of like, parts of his brain start just shutting off as they take it out. Mm-hmm. So then, like, the sentences start getting, like, fragmented and he can't remember stuff. And it, it's actually a really well-written piece. That sounds good, yeah. And it's a really good book. I can't Wait, remember what it's called. is it um, Flowers for Algernon? No, I was just thinking of that one, no. too. That's when he takes a drug to make him really much smarter, I guess, yeah. improve his brain, okay. but then eventually the well, drugs stop working novel. Novel. and his brain um, deteriorates and then, so he like starts talking, you can tell he starts talking more intelligently I guess, and uh, then as the book goes on he starts like going back to like just simpler sentences I guess, and then he goes away and that was like the end. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was That was a good book. Yeah, it was. This is a full novel. It's like a 500-page novel. Okay. There's a similar uh, book, was sort of similar. It's called Johnny Got His Gun. It's by uh, Dalton Trombo, and it's about this uh, Vietnam War vet. It was written in, like, 1970, and he comes back from the war with no arms, no legs. He's paralyzed in the spine and no eyes, and I think his nose and his ears got cut off, too. Huh. So he communicates by, like, banging his head against a board in Morse code, and... Uh, I haven't read it, <laughs> but, so I don't know what happens beyond that. I feel like he would. I feel like he'd do well at a death metal concert. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, That's Led probably. Zeppelin was getting big, then. <laughs> <laughs> but I. So I don't know how he made a three hundred page novel out of this, but he did, and it's supposed it's to be a classic. Sore at the end. Yeah, <laughs> it ends with him going to the hospital for like lethal lacerations. <laughs> yeah. The Vietnam War, horrible. We yeah. lo- we effectively lost it. Oh yeah, I think just straight up, no, no doubt about it, got crushed. I mean, we did burn down half their country. Yeah, and half their people. But that's just being a sore loser, though. <laughs> <laughs> I got a I got a book at the library today, all about uh, Henry Kissinger and how he should be tried as a war criminal. Which one was Chris Kissinger? He was Nixon's um, Secretary of State during the oh. Vietnam War. He was the one who uh, uh, agitated for the invasion of Cambodia, which happened in 70, I think. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that we would uh, just... The way that we would beat the North Vietnamese uh, and sneak up on them 
is by uh, rampaging through a country that had no involvement in the war. <laughs> what a swell idea. Yeah. And it wasn't even like sneak. It was just take everything on the way yeah. through. It was like Sherman's March to the Sea type thing from the Civil War. <laughs> but in, but with far superior technology. Airplanes and napalm. Napalm. Good God. God. <laughs> Napalm's a fabulous thing, except when you're actually using it to burn people. Yeah. Thermate. <laughs> Thermate's fun. What's that? It's like thermite, but better. Ooh. Like, more hot, more fire, more fun. What <laughs> an advertisement. More hot, more fire, Today's more show fun. is brought to you by Thermate. <laughs> what a wonderful thing Thermate is. You can heat your house with it. Yeah. And the surrounding several houses. Yeah, temp- temporarily. Yeah, well, Hold yeah. Then there's not a house anymore, so... Yeah. That problem solved. If you're just really cold and have no other option, boom. So, you know, call the number on the screen and just go get some Thermate to heat your friend's house. <laughs> oh, swell. Surprise them with it, too. Make it a surprise gift. Oh, yes. Make sure they're asleep or passed out drunk. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of our commercial. We, you know, we, They didn't give us a jingle to read off. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that segue, though? We managed to get into Thermate from literature. So, like that was that was pretty good. Yeah, the jingle is just the screams of the dying. <laughs> Thermite. <sighs> Do you hear about that um, uh, uh, hole to hell they discovered in Russia? Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no. it was an online thing. It was a hoax, obviously, but it was like a maybe a year and a half ago that um, there was this internet story that appeared on. Like, I think it made its way to a few legitimate news sources who had picked it up from internet unreliable sources mm-hmm. and um, the story was that there was this hole that went nine miles down or some absurd length and there was uh, they didn't think there was a bottom but they kept lowering it and like they put a microphone on uh, on a cord and it was Satan it was uh, the screams of the dying and the damned oh that they recorded oh fun yeah but it, it wasn't real Oh no! There, are, there's another really good one about that about a caver who found a cave that went very deep. Or uh-huh. That was a very, very good story. I read like, and it's episodic too. It's like he goes in and he'll explore it, and then he'll come back and write about it. And it was really well done. And I'm sad the guy's just a caver, not an author, because that'd be a really, really good book. Uh huh. Yeah, caving is really interesting. Yeah, it's really scary. It's belonging. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah. Anyway, I was not thinking about that hole of the uh, hole of the damned or whatever it was. Hole of hell. There was actually more of them in Russia that these times they're actually legitimate where giant sinkholes were just opening up. Sketchy. Yeah, like, someone went for a walk, like they did every day or whatever, to get their exercise because they were old or something, and the next day there's this giant hole there. And we're talking, like, 400 yards across or something, like, absolutely massive holes. Uh And they have absolutely no idea how they did it. Do you want adventure? Come to Russia. Get swallowed by a sinkhole. And like, what it wasn't next? just one though. Like there were multiple ones that were appearing, and there were multiple big They're holes. They're the chosen so, like, ones. After about two weeks or a month or whatever, they started flying scientists out to figure out why their country was disappearing. Essentially, I mean, it was Siberia, so no one cared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of strange stuff going on. I think Siberia is like the Nevada of Russia. Oh yeah. They ju- wherever, whenever they want some crazy experiment to be conducted, they just do it out there because, like, the five people who live there aren't gonna. It's like, oh, no, like, we have else. five <laughs> signatures. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
we'll give you more food. <laughs> or, or they're just like, hey, look, something else is weird. Let's walk away now. I like to imagine that a Russian falling through a sinkhole would just, like, realize that he was falling and just sigh and, like, pull out a bottle of booze <laughs> and just drink it on his way down and, like, sit down at a desk that's falling at the same rate. <laughs> just, like, just pour, like, right oh, God, why me again? Yeah. Oh, They'd just... be like, in Russia, you choose gravity. Gravity does not choose you. <laughs> um, speaking of holes, guys, I, w- I was listening to another podcast called Thinking Sideways. Inception. Oh, gosh. I, well, I want to give them credit, because I had heard about this hole before. It's called Mel's Hole, but I hadn't really gone into like a lot of detail about it. There was this show in the 90s. It's it's still around, but it has a different host. The Truman Show? No. I was going to say The oh. X-Files. No, oh. but that's a great show. <laughs> it's, coming, it's coming back. It is. This is, oh, yeah. this is an all-night talk radio show called Coast to Coast AM. Oh, okay. It's one of my favorite things to listen to, because it's on from midnight to four in the morning in the central time zone. And uh, a lot of the time, the whole four hours will just be listeners calling in, and they do not filter the calls in any way, shape, or form. And the subject of the show is conspiracy theories, paranormal activity, UFOs, the Illuminati, (laughs) uh, Russian How I Met Your Mother? No. But sometimes pop culture. Like, they've had uh, the producers of The X-Files on, I think. Okay. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. it's still related to weird stuff. Uh-huh. But uh, one night when they were doing a call-in episode, this guy named Mel from Washington State called in and said he had a hole on his property that went down at least 8,000 feet. That was all the wire that he used, and it had never hit bottom. He says this because he had attached a one-pound weight to this rope, which probably weighed hundreds of pounds by the time he was done lowering it 8,000 feet, <laughs> if, he's, if he's telling the truth. And it just never hit bottom. He never felt a clunk. <laughs> Get more <laughs> <But> wire. <laughs> he says uh, that the government, when he began telling people about this hole, got very worried. And eventually, at some point, I think he either moved because he was afraid of for his life, or he was forcibly moved to Australia. Under, <laughs> and while he was in Australia, uh, he says some men black came up to like his outcrop in the in the outback, you know. Like, like he's living under a rock skaters. or something? Basically, yeah, like a cabin in the outback <laughs> or something. Oh, yeah, and some men in black show up and they, like, drug him or something. I don't know. They use some sort of, like, you know, gun or... I don't remember what he said. But anyway, he passed out through some sort of CIA technology means. And when he woke up, um, all of the information that he had written down about the whole, like, all of his papers and records was gone. And also, somebody had stolen his belt buckle. <laughs> That's how you know <laughs> it's believable. They're like, yeah. this... This is worthy for our case, and it looks nice. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But to this day, nobody's located Mel's Hole, even though he had said it was in Washington State, and he said that lots of people knew about it, so they think... And he couldn't give his address. Right. Of course not. The government was after him. So he made it up, of course. But oh, it's yeah. A, one, two, three, four. That's kind of part of the fun of that show is they'll actually, uh, annually, they'll do episodes where they say, if you are a time traveler and you've traveled from the future to our time... Please call in. We'd love to hear from you. If you are the Antichrist and you're listening, <laughs> call in. We'd love to hear from you. If you have been possessed by demons, or if you are possessed by a demon right now. One two three four five six. One two three four five six. Yeah. So it's a fun show. If you, when you're yeah. done listening to this, check that out. If you're listening to this in the middle of the night. Definitely. And and if you aren't, you have a lot of time on your hands, and I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. Should we wrap up? Well, long have we been going? Uh, no, I mean, depending on what you cut out, we're only at 45 minutes or so. Okay. 
So we still got time. I've been rambling for. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's hole, entertaining so. though. Yeah. Um, Speaking of holes, over break, I dug a hole. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> Bennett has carpal tunnel. You could just let that slide for lunch. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> Tell the folks how you got your carpal tunnel. <laughs> All right. So what happened was, um, I actually need something to drink because I, I, I'm about to cough. Here's <coughs> some air. Thank you. Um, what happened was, family business was moving. We bought a new building, and I had to help fix it up. And we do granite, so, like... Basically, we had to do something with the water that's going to come from the saws because you cut saws and they have to be wet so they don't, you know, catch fire. And of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, bad things happen when things catch fire usually. Brought to you by Thermate. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we had to cut troughs in the floor. Just We just cut holes in the floor, basically, and stuck in troughs and refilled the holes. And so I ended up moving, like, a few hundred pounds of worth of concrete, and then, like, I dug a giant hole... It was supposed to be 1.7 cubic yards of dirt, my uncle calculated. He's like, yeah, that's not too bad. Dig it was two days later. Yeah, it was, it was literally two <laughs> days later. And he's like, well, we're going to stop for right now because we don't know how much deeper we need to go. Is and your he, uncle just bad at math? No, he's really good at math. And, like, I was right there when he was doing the math. It was right. But the dirt was so compacted from, you know, being compacted so that they could pour the concrete. And then the building was settling on it, so it was compacting it even more. And so it was closer to four yards of dirt. Um, over twice what it was supposed to be and they ended up digging up deeper still like while I wasn't there because I couldn't work because I'm in a wrist brace but like I was also doing patchwork on walls and stuff Mm -hmm. and so that brings me to my other whole story from you know this past break where there was a hole in a wall and what was in the hole nothing you could just see through to the other side oh cool really anticlimactic (laughs) <laughs> you could have made something up. Nobody would know otherwise. Oh, there's an, there was another hole, but I'm not going to make something else up and say there's something in there because there was just, you know, the soul of the damned. Oh, okay. Oh. Did you see Sicario? No. It's on my list of things I need to see soon. There's a hole in the wall in that movie with something in it. Not going to say anymore. Okay. It's a body. Whoa! It's five minutes into the movie. Okay. I'm surprised. Well, the movie's only five minutes long, so you just spoiled the ending. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Spoilers. I'm not gonna lie, the movie didn't look fantastic in the, in the uh, trailers. It just looked average, but it seemed fun. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's really not fun. It's kind of hard to watch. Really? Is it bad? Well, no, it's very good. It's just that it deals with some pretty heavy stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, like and by fun, I meant, just... like, it was actually a decent movie, and I would enjoy watching it. Oh, yeah. It. It's definitely worth watching, yeah. I just want to see more Christopher Nolan. That's all. I was really disappointed in both The Dark Knight Rises and Interstellar. I liked The Dark Knight I liked, a lot. Dark I liked Knight Interstellar a lot. Ledger. I love that movie. I, I have not seen Interstellar, so please The soundtrack was so good. Okay. We won't spoil it. But yeah, the, the soundtrack was fantastic. There's a lot of organs. Uh-huh. So. It, which worked really well for the uh, organs space. Organs work game. really well in space. Mm-hmm. Because it just like adds a flair to it, like a grandeur, you know? Mm-hmm. But I did not like the twist. That and they're so like spacey. Yeah. Like, like well, the, the way they sound, it, it's not like a hard concrete note. It's like okay, gotcha. maybe that's yeah. why they're used in churches. Yes. God is in space. Yes. They're, wow. They're, 
My I thought you were an atheist. <laughs> she, she understood what I was trying to say. Yeah, okay. Roundabout way. It's otherworldly. Yes. I was raised Catholic. I understand these yeah. things. Yes. Me too. I was raised Catholic as well. That's Pointless I, I don't regret Go that. Go the cult no. of Catholics. I, I think it's a good religion. I mean, I also grew up trying to be a Jedi, and that <laughs> probably helps some. Well, <laughs> they're kind of similar. They are, but I respect the Jedi more. I they can throw people against walls when they're pissed off. I identify more with the Sith Lords. <laughs> oh, so. I do too. Yeah, I've never understood why we're supposed to automatically take the side of the uh, Rebel Alliance in Star Wars. Because other than, in the first episode, other than the destruction of that planet and when Darth Vader is choking that guy, mm -hmm. there's really nothing to root against. And when they destroy the planet, they've already been at war for several years. Or yeah. probably decades, I think. No, it's closer to several years. Okay. They, they need to make another series based on just the other side's point of view. I would love Actually, to watch that. I think um, I was, the next uh, Star Wars, I would love to have it from the Empire's or the First Order's perspective. Mm -hmm. That would be cool. They're just like actually. going around like, oh, what's wrong with this place? We're gonna do, like just clean it all up because it's gone to crap. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one of the things though that I really, really am pissed off about with Disney is they completely got rid of the extended universe. Yeah, which all does go nothing's canon anymore. Yeah. And they, there were a ton of stories from the Empire's perspective, and they were almost always fantastic stories just because of how, like, the people Traitor. there were... Yes. <laughs> they were, yeah, they're really cool. It's like the Nazi... Uh, there was actually girl. one from Tarkin's point of view with the Death Star, and it dealt with the morality of him destroying a planet. Mm. And in the end, it came up, he was just too stubborn to get off the Death Star. <laughs> so, yeah. That, and he kind of wanted to atone a little bit. I mean, it, it was a fantastic book. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah... Cool. I have a friend that hates um, Han Solo and Leia's romance, and that just makes me really sad. I don't know why. It but is a little obvious. she legitimately hates it. Do they hate it in the context of the new movie, or in general? No, like, she hated that, like, Leia was strong, and then Han just came in, and he's like, yeah, but I'm mean to you, and you like it. Oh, I can understand <laughs> that. Yeah. Han was kind of a jerk in the first one. But he was, like, their jerk. I guess. It's because <laughs> it's because he was really soft on the inside. Yeah. Like, no, he really is though. Or at least if you read into the extended universe, he has a teddy bear. He has, as a, as a yeah. friend. There was well, a whole yeah. <laughs> there was a whole book series in the extended universe about how Han deals with Chewbacca's death. He goes oh. back to killing everybody and being an alcoholic. That's oh. so sad. Yeah, it, Chewbacca died in a fantastic way, and I'm not spoiling anything canon anymore. Um, he got a moon <laughs> dropped on him. <laughs> You got a what? Moon dropped moon. on him. Moon. Thought you said movie dropped out. No, no, no. Like a, a moon dropped a on him. A legitimate moon. It was. It How was, was really, like? really sad when I read that part. Like I knew it happened vaguely. Like but... Han was standing right next to him, and the moon just like somehow just hits him, and he's like, "No." <laughs> the curvature <laughs> of a moon would make it so that it hit everything yeah. near it. But a cool name for that book would have been Moonfall. Ooh. Oh God. No, it, it had a pretty good uh, name actually. I don't remember what it was called. But it had a decent name. Okay. That would involve werewolves, I think. But uh, it was a really I touching Well, I, Chewbacca's kind of... You're right. Sort of like a werewolf. Yeah, It's true. just caught in between forever. In between bear and man. Wolf and man? And dog. And Bigfoot. And walkie-talkie that's malfunctioning. Everyone, insert everyone trying to do their best impression. <laughs> that wasn't bad. Yeah, it was pretty good. It's because I've done it a lot. <laughs> I've done it way more than I should. Oh, boy, Nick. 
close one. Close call with the coffee next to the computer. <laughs> God Danger forbid we around lose. every corner. So, what do you guys think of uh, the new Star Wars? Just curious. I liked it. I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, so much." There's, they're really pushing like minor roles or whatever, or like the females were too strong and all that. But I did believe that Captain Phasma, like. Even though she was a woman or whatever. She didn't do shit she in the movie. She did not do anything, yeah. She was like, I'm controlling these these stormtroopers. And then she was like, they're like, yeah. you take down the shields. And she's like, okay, fine. They're going to get you, though. And they're like, likely. And then done. That was her. That was all. Yeah. Yeah, like, there was really no point to her in that movie. Yeah, They could have replaced her with a generic stormtrooper. I love yeah, Brienne of Tarth, She was cool though. looking. She was. She was really cool looking. All that chrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still Swagged so pointless. Uh-huh. I'm um, going to be a Debbie Downer, so I should probably go before the last person. Okay, go ahead. I did could, not care for it. Yeah. The entire movie? No. I thought I mean, it was... I feel bad. I do honestly feel bad saying that because it's... And I, but I didn't I also, you like. I feel bad Seriously. that I feel bad. How could Ray beat... Um, Kylo Ren. Ren. Yes, Kylo Ren. How um, could Ray beat him? He came from a unit of stormtroopers that was meant to hunt Jedi. So he had training fighting Jedi. So he, he had been trained to fight Jedi, and so it was a natural transition to Kylo Ren. But how did Ray beat Kylo Ren? Are you talking about Ray, not Finn? Sorry. I, Ray, yes. I blanked. Um, she was very strong in the Force. And her the official Disney explanation is that her... Skills with the quarterstaff translated well to a lightsaber, which I do not understand. But that, we should have made that clearer if that were the case. Yeah, it, there. No, but there is a visual dictionary that goes along with the movie, and there's so much stuff explained in that. Well, I don't want to read some. I know dictionary. it's for kids too. It's like it's like a really kids like thing, and then someone went along and read it, and then they wrote a review online, and someone's like, "No way!" and they went and got it, and like it was from a big online publisher, and they're like, "Look at this! This is important." <laughs> Well, she may have been strong in the Force, but Kylo Ren, he's also, like, because he's the grandson of Darth Vader and all that, but also because he was trained in it, like, for years. Well, he was... There's a lot that goes along with that, where he wasn't really trained in lightsaber combat, per se. Also, but, like... He was just, like, a bureaucrat in the Sith. He wasn't... He's not... They're not Sith. He's not Sith. Or First Order, sorry. Under Snoke. Yeah, they are not Sith, which is a very important thing to like okay. point out. So what do you call an individual member of the First Order? Is there a word for it? Um, he's a Knight of Ren. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he's a Knight of Ren. Knight but of like Ren. they combine... Like He was from the light side. He trained with Luke, um, presumably on Yavin. And then killed all the little kids. No, he didn't kill all the little kids. He probably did. He killed a lot of people, though, apparently. He did kill a lot of people. but uh, Killed everybody's favorite person. Yeah. Which Spoiler. was so obvious as soon as yeah. he was like, I need you to help me with something. And he's like, of course, son. And then it's like, and of I th- course. But I think, though, uh, to be fair, that Han probably saw that come in at some mm. part of his mind. Like, he was aware of the risk. I think that's what they what Disney wanted you to think anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, Han realizes well, he, he he under- might be in danger. He, but that's like the one time he lost the odds. Mm-hmm. Never yeah. tell me the odds. Yeah. Well, that, and I think he was aware, though, that the odds weren't in his favor, but he was going to go out on a limb for the sake of his family. child. Yeah. That yeah, and, but I didn't buy that. That and, Hall- and Han Solo was thinking, God, my name's Harrison Ford, and I don't want to do another movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I loved Her- Harrison Ford, was by far my favorite thing about this. Just yes, because I love. <sighs> yeah. He's such a charismatic actor. Oh, I love Always. Harrison Ford. I'm really sad that 
he's going away. But I am very happy he's not dead. I think he'll probably continue to do movies every once in a while. But I don't blame him for not wanting to do more Star Wars. Yeah, I my can favorite character in the new Star Wars, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> he just did voice acting for this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> what did he do? When you know when she touched the lightsaber, oh, she, it was all like flashbacks and it was words of wisdom. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's true. I guess yeah. <laughs> I am excited for the next one because it's being directed by Ryan Johnson, who mm-hmm. or Ryan Johnson. I'm not sure how you pronounce yeah. it, but he directed Looper. Which was oh, a great god. sci-fi movie. Have you read that book? Oh my god, the book was no, great. I didn't know there was a book. There is a book. It's That's really cool. good. I enjoyed it. Wait, Looper, Jumper. I'm thinking of Jumper. Every time oh, we have this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time. Totally different. Every time we have this conversation. Yeah. I haven't seen Looper, but that's the one with uh, Jay Jay like, Justin Gordon-Levitt, yes. and Bro- okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Isn't the one where like he loops in and he kills people or something? Yeah. He he's a time traveling assassin. Exactly, and he ends up meeting himself. And it doesn't destroy the universe. At least not immediately. (laughs) Uh, But he also directed a few episodes of Breaking Bad. A few of the best episodes. Okay. And a great movie, independent movie, uh, that I think he made while he was a film student called Brick. And it's this uh, noir movie set in a high school in Illinois in like 2009. Okay. But it has a noir type plot, and there's all sorts of CD going on, like with the students. So you know how, like in noir movies, the detective is really tough and hard boiled and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and they're just like that in this, but they're all high school kids, so it's kind of <laughs> cute. You said Illinois high school, and I was like Breakfast Club. <laughs> That's another good one. With a detective twist. <laughs> I would be Basket Case. Apparently, I've been. That's been decided for me. I've never really put too much thought into it. I can definitely see a little bit of myself in all of them. Mm-hmm. That's the appeal, I think. But yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. It's like, wow, we're all of these people. No one has to be one thing. Yeah, that's... Teen yeah. moment. Yeah. <sighs> I, I can definitely <laughs> see myself as a he- pretty heavy basket case, though. <laughs> Which, if that doesn't come out in a few podcasts or so, I might have to make it come out. <laughs> Although we did just do an ad for Thermate, so <laughs> okay, yeah, we can definitely do more Force Awakens discussion and stuff later, and mm-hmm. in, in another podcast because it'd really be fun to go into some of the more in-depth things that are going on in that movie, at least you know, like theoretically that people have been thinking about. Ooh. Do you want to go into it a little bit right now, or are we running? Uh, out? I mean, Ray's parentage. Ray's what? parentage. Uh, it's either it's got to be either uh, Han and Leia or Luke and Mara Jade or whoever no, he no, married. No. I think it's Juan. That's that's a very that's another very good one, but. So Ewan McGregor would totally be in the next movies. Um, <laughs> Owen McGregor would. You need an old. He'd be unrecognizable behind all the makeup. <laughs> yeah, basically. His voice, though, it's all um, we need. I don't know. I I don't think the timeline's quite right. Because... Well, like, grandparents. Yes, grandparents possibly. Or, like, great-grandparents. I don't know. Grand- I can't it'd even... It'd have to be grandparents. I'm not thinking... Because if Kylo Ren's grandfather was... Darth Vader. Yeah, so it'd have to be great... It'd have to be grandparents yeah. or even great-grandparents. Great. Probably great-grandparents. No, just grandparents, because... Great. He was... He was older, so it'd be grand. Fine. I think in episode of nine it will be revealed that every character is Jar Jar Binks. 
<laughs> I don't know why everyone hated Jar Jar Binks. I, I thought he was, he was hilarious. And here's the thing. Everybody hates Jar Jar Binks, but they are falling in love with that little orange fucker. What was his yeah. name? Uh, BB-8. BB-8. Yeah. He's far more annoying than Jar Jar Binks. Okay. Yeah, he was. Another controversial part of this plot. When Finn asked BB-8 to keep the secret that he is not... Um, part of the resistance, yeah. is BB-8 giving him a thumbs up or flipping him off? I think he's flipping him off. I think you do. Because <laughs> it was like, it looked angry, but my brother's like, no, he's giving him a thumbs up. And I was like, why would he do that after he was already frustrated with him for making him keep a secret? Yeah. Because I, I, I can read robot emotions. Yeah. I think <laughs> next podcast we'll have to go more into the depth about how George Lucas was supposed to have uh, Jar Jar Binks be the Grandmaster of the Sith, and also why R two D two is the biggest asshole in the entire Star Wars universe. Yeah, he's pretty. It's not right. cool. Next episode of Radio Havana is Star Wars theories. Yes, we can do that because I have a fairly sensitive Star Wars knowledge, and I can actually talk a lot more than the next one. Okay, great. Not so good at the politics. So should we wrap up today? Uh, yes. Okay, Madeline, we'd like to thank you for joining us. Oh, thank Indeed, you. thank you. Yeah. Do you have fun. anything you want to promote? Um, no. Well, thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> definitely follow us on Twitter so you can hear random quotes and stuff and wisdom. Yeah. Dope. Uh, the handle is at Radio Havana Pod, P-O-D. And yes. I think that's it for us, right? Basically, you can type in at Radio Havana Podcast and the rest will get cut off and it'll be fine. Yeah. Do you have a jingle so. you do at the end? Well, actually, jingle bells, no. As always, we end uh, with the national anthem. Play us off. Our national anthem. Uh-huh.